You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. Today on the Zabecast, the NFL Network put out their top 100 list. And you know what? It's their list. But I've got a more useful one. At least I think. Mr. X, our gambling D gentleman, will join us to talk baseball and his halftime analysis of his season-long plays. All of that, plus what if I told you you'd have a 10-day penis, but maybe not know what to do with it? All you need is about 45 minutes of downtime, and buckle up, and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Wednesday, June 27, 2018. Thank you for downloading. Let's get into it. Mr. X will join us in mere minutes to talk gambling, baseball, all-star game, nationals, Bryce Harper contract, and much more. So stay tuned for that. Let's start, though, today with the NFL's top 100 list. It finally revealed the top 10 on the NFL's top 100 list, and... I always go right back to the old Seinfeld line of, well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. It's funny how people get kind of worked up over the uh, top 100 list and who's where and what, you know, where everyone falls and whatnot. But look, it's a list. Everyone has their own criteria for their specific list. I took their list and I said, okay. First of all, Ryan Shazier was on the 2018 top 100 list, which I assume they took before, of course, his devastating injury that has almost certainly ended his career. Okay, fine. They're judging it based on all of 2018. To me, that's not a very useful or interesting list. A useful or interesting list would be a list of, okay, again, going back to my topic from yesterday, What would the expansion draft look like if every player was available and we drew randomly? Except in the NFL, you have to gauge for a whole different set of factors. Not just, you know, age of the players, but injury history, as well as the relative importance of players. Like in an expansion draft in the NFL, I'd imagine quarterbacks would go one, two, three, four, seven, eight. 8, 10, probably, although maybe not exactly that way because having a good quarterback is exponentially more important in the NFL than any other sport having a single great player. So the NFL's top 100, NFL Network, or NFL.com slash NFL Network, same thing. Top 100 players in 2018, they just listed, they just finished the top 100 uh, going 10 to 1, Number one is Tom Brady. Number two is Antonio Brown. Number three is Carson Wentz. Four, Julio Jones. Five, Le'Veon Bell. Six, Todd Gurley. Seven, Aaron Donald. Eight, Drew Brees. Nine, Von Miller. Ten, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Okay. That's a little, they're all good players. They're all good players. But I don't know. Is that interesting? Yeah, they're all good players. Some would say Carson Wentz is overcooked at three. That's fair enough. Others would say that Aaron Rodgers is undercooked at 10. And I'd say, okay, fair enough. How about this? Let's play this game. Assuming you can control the player that you draft in the expansion draft I'm about to you know, undertake here for five years in the NFL, and you have to factor age, you have to factor injury. You have to factor how important is he, given that the NFL is a different sport than basketball or baseball, etc. Who would you take? Here's my just quick noodled out top 10 expansion draft NFL list. Number one, Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback with the most tread still left on him. Breeze, Brady, Ben, 
all too old, too close to retirement. In fact, I think all three of those guys will be retired before the end of their five-year run, that you'd have mythical control over these players. I would say, in fact, all three, Breeze, Brady, and Ben, none of those guys will make it past three more seasons of play. Breeze, Brady, Ben. Rodgers, I think, will play six more years. And at least, maybe a little bit more, we'll see. So Aaron Rodgers would be number one. Number two, I just said he was overcooked a bit, but I would take Carson Wentz number two. Now, the wild card here is that he's coming off a devastating major knee injury, and you wonder, okay, how is he going to be coming off of that? That said, he has the it factor. He has the intangible. He has the work ethic. I'm going to believe in modern medicine that they'll put Carson Wentz back together again and he'll be almost as good as he was before. Number three on my mythical assume you can control a player for five years expansion draft in the NFL would be Russell Wilson. That will make my Seahawk friends shocked and perhaps pleased that I as a Seahawk hater and as a Russell Wilson tweaker with his goofy-ass, nano-bubble water bullshit, God-talks-to-me-nonsense, I'm a virgin, blah, blah, blah. You know what? Um, He didn't say he was a virgin, but I'm not going to have sex with Sierra until we're married. the fuck out of here with that. He'd be number three. Again, quarterback most important. How much time is left on that guy's... uh, Or how young is he? You know, uh, not only uh, that, but yeah. Number four, Aaron Donald. Yes, Aaron Donald, number four, a a D-tackle, here's why. A D-tackle like Aaron Donald, who can both rush the passer and stuff the run, is a factor on every single down on defense. Cornerbacks, the best cornerbacks, and there were some that were on this list by the NFL Network, uh, Patrick Peterson, Jalen Ramsey, and others, on running plays, they're, they're out of it. A guy like Aaron Donald is a factor either way. Number five would be Von Miller. Now, Von Miller is more of a Russian specialist, but he is so devastating that even though he is not great against the run, he's that good. Number six would be Julio Jones on my mythical list. Number seven would be Zeke Elliott. Number eight would be Todd Gurley. A little run on running backs there. Number nine, Antonio Brown. Number 10, Khalil Mack. Gronk didn't quite make my top 10 because of age and injury history. Keekley, Luke Keekley did not make my list because of concussion history, which is worrisome. Cam Newton and Matt Ryan are compelling. Newton's got more injuries piling up and piling up. And I think there's I think he's reached his peak in terms of his, you know, skill set. Matt Ryan, okay. Uh, Derek Carr falls just outside of that. He, of two, has had a major injury. J.J. Watt would have easily been in the top ten, maybe over Aaron Donald prior to the devastating injury. So that's my top ten mythical NFL expansion draft list. If you would like to quibble with it or add your addendums, then uh, let me know. But you've got to factor in age, injury, and importance of the position. Where's LeBron going to go? I was thinking about this today, and I was like, why doesn't he just say, look, I'm going to L.A.? Going to L.A., it's going to be great, and anyone that wants to join me there, let's go. I mean, I'm not going to twist your arm, but you ought to come because I'm going. I got at least three more good years to kick ass in L.A. to add to the legacy of the Lakers, and I think y'all should maybe join me down there. It's going to be a party. And just, just go for it. Like, he's, he should be right now, LeBron James, playing with house money with his career and his legacy. And yet, it's the opposite. I think LeBron James is almost like the guy down to his last five bucks at the blackjack table. I think LeBron James, and this has been true of him throughout his entire career, he has been mortified of failure. He does not handle failure well. He takes it deeply, personally, even though sports is full of failure. And I think when he looks at the Lakers, he thinks, well, look, A, they're not going to build a statue of me there if I'm there for three years and win one title because too many other Laker greats, too many more championships. And it's going to be hard as fuck to win a championship. 
in L.A. if I go there, even if Kawhi and even if um, Chris, not Chris Paul, but Paul George. I said Chris Paul multiple times in the Paul George pitch piece yesterday in the Zabecast, and I, I was notified of that, and then when I listened to it, I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, even though Paul George and Kawhi Leonard could join them, there's no guarantee that they make the finals, much less win the NBA championship. And it's going to be hell to get out of the West alone. With Houston, we assume, still being good. Let's say they get a deal done to get Chris Paul back. There you go. Got it right. And the Warriors being the Warriors. So I think LeBron looks at L.A. and just says, meh, I don't like it. When if it was me, if it was my career, I'd say, fuck it. I've given you Cleveland a championship. I've done all I can do. I came back even after the owner gave me the Comic Sans kiss-off from hell. I owe you nothing, and you know it. God bless. I'll always be a Clevelander. I'll see you once I retire. Can't go back to Miami. Boston is a problem because of Kyrie. Philly is not a great situation, assuming they keep Ben Simmons, because they both need the ball in their hands and Simmons can't shoot. Houston doesn't seem likely. Where else is there for him to go? He should go to L.A. just on the fun of it alone. He should go with a big smile to go, here we go, L.A., you got me. LeBron James, Laker, get used to it. It's going to be fun. But he doesn't seem to want to do that. Or maybe he does. Maybe he's just taking his time. I would have come out and just flat out announced it. You know it's not going to affect how much money he gets. They're going to give him every penny that they can possibly give him. He should announce on Thursday, the day before, he has to tell Cleveland if he's in or out, I'm going to L.A. Anybody that would like to join me, y'all better get in now. Watch to see how quickly Paul George rushes to get his deal done. Watch to see how much pressure that uh, Kawhi Leonard puts on the Spurs to make this happen. At least I think that's how it would be, but who knows. Some non-sports stuff. Oh, this is good. Google and Facebook are quietly fighting California's privacy rights initiative, according to secret emails. Lobbyists for the largest, this is by The Intercept, lobbyists for the largest tech and telecom firms have only three days to prevent the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA, ballot initiative that would usher in the strongest consumer privacy standards in the country. It would, it would go to voters this November if it makes it onto the ballot initiative. It allows consumers to opt out of the sale and collection of their personal data and vastly expands the definition of what that is. Data being geolocation, biometrics, browsing history. The initiative also allows consumers to pursue legal action for violations of the law. Oh, you know the trial lawyers love that. And I'm going to see you all in court when I see you. The idea writes The Intercept that the Cal- that Californians might gain sweeping new privacy rights has spooked Silicon Valley. And it's done the same to Internet service providers and other industries that increasingly rely on data collection, leading to a lobbying push to defeat the initiative before it even gains traction. Strangle it! Strangle it in the crib! They're going to try to uh, have the sponsors of the initiative swap theirs out for a less intrusive piece of legislation which they say would achieve some of the same goals as the original initiative good luck on that meanwhile facebook has filed a patent for something an app that will allow them to turn on your cameras or your phone's microphone and listen to everything that's going on in the background. These, uh, there would be sounds that are buried in TV commercials that are inaudible to human beings. They would be so high-pitched on such a frequency, you wouldn't hear them. But when your phone is there hearing them, it would trigger your phone to then record all the background noises in your home. The patent application is called Broadcast Content View Analysis Based on Ambient Audio audio Recording. According to the Daily Mail, these secret messages would force your phone to record that audio and private conversations without even knowing. 
Of course, this is all to make Facebook ads more relevant for users. Like, you want us to send the ads that, that uh, you know, you want to see, right? <laughs> so, yeah, there's a patent for that when it comes to Facebook. This is why I need to delete my Facebook page as soon as possible. In Uganda, porn detectors and a Facebook tax could become a reality. New legislation has been put forward by Ugandan authorities in which checking Facebook or checking Twitter will cost you a couple of cents a day. Meanwhile, state-procured devices will scan your computer for pornography. These are just some of the measures the government has promised as it seeks extra revenue and tries to curb what it describes as gossip and immorality. Human rights groups say that the social media tax is the largest attempt to stifle free speech in a country where President Yoweri Museveni has ruled with a tight grip for three decades. Uganda. Good times. Hollywood. Jerry Seinfeld says he didn't think it was necessary to fire Roseanne Barr. Now the key word is necessary. He didn't say it wasn't right. He didn't say it was stupid. He just said it wasn't necessary. Uh, The 64-year-old comedian spoke to E.T. and said, I don't see why it was necessary to fire her. Why would you murder somebody who's committed suicide? I never saw someone ruin their entire career with one button push, he said. That was fresh. Seinfeld also said he thought another female comedian should get a chance to play Barr's part, pointing out they brought Dan Conner back. He was dead, and they brought him back. Why can't we get another Roseanne? There's other funny women that could do that part. You need to get the comic in there. I hate to see a comic lose a job. Seinfeld's uh, series on Netflix, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, has been greenlit for another season. I have watched a decent amount of these. I downloaded a bunch of these on Netflix to watch on my flight to Vegas during the Stanley Cup Finals, and I watched, and I watched, and I watched. And there's, I don't know, there's something about it. It's very beautifully shot. The cars that he chooses to drive to go get coffee with other comedians are fantastic. They are vintage cars that he seems to know a lot about, or at least someone who knows cars has told him, here, talk about the car this way. And the guest list is A. It's A list. It's a great list of guests. It's fun to watch the guests. I just think it's light on actual dialogue. It's light on conversation. I'd say that the actual back and forth, the interview content, is like 50%, maybe 60%. I want 80% conversation and then 20% visuals of both the car and the coffee making and everything else. Just my two cents, but what does Seinfeld care? He's getting his series renewed again, so he doesn't need me. Uh, doesn't need me commenting on how it could be better. This is a good one here. Cue my anyone for penis soundbite. Anyone for penis? <laughs> Man born without a penis will finally be able to have sex for the first time after having a $50,000 bionic penis installed and he will be given a 10-day erection to go try it out. Anyone for penis? (laughs) Andrew Wardle of the UK, 44, was born without a penis in a 1 in 20 million condition. He has gone through four years of operations to have a bionic penis fitted for him uh, with the National Health Service in the UK footing the entire bill. First, he had skin taken from his forearm, which was rolled into the shape of a penis and attached. A pump has now been fitted, which will give him an erection at the push of a button. <laughs> Anyone for penis? Yeah, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but my penis just went, huh? Uh At the final stage of his operation, Mr. Wardle will have an erection for 10 days before his penis is artificially deflated. He is ready to finally lose his virginity to his longtime girlfriend, Fedra Fabian. Now I'm looking at a picture of this guy and his longtime girlfriend, and let me tell you, she is all right. Like, she is really all right. 
for a dude without any junk. Anyone for penis? So, mazel mazel. Don't go crazy during that 10 days. By the way, if you're his girlfriend and you catch him with somebody else and somebody else and somebody else in that 10 days, how mad can you really be at him for that? Doesn't she have to give him the 10-day green light to just get out of the yard like a dog that has not been spayed or neutered, well, neutered, I guess. Cats get spayed. Let's say he's a dog that gets out of the yard and he's like, ah, I got a ten, I got 10 days, I got to get after it here before they deflate it. I don't know why they have to deflate it after 10 days. Maybe uh, this is a test run. Like, all right, you got 10 days, go have at it, and then get back to us. Dayline horses. Horses can make facial expressions just like humans. Hey, horse, don't you give me that face right now. Turns out that horses are capable of pulling faces just like humans. In fact, horses, according to researchers, can make 17 facial movements, which is at least three more than our relatives, the chimp, and just 10 less facial expressions than humans. I wonder if horses can make the, what you talking about, Willis, face, or the, shit, bitch, you crazy face, or the, ugh, stink face, like, I don't think so. Uh, hey, hey, Bill, you want to... uh Want to stay in the stall today and just sit in our own horse shit? No, no, I don't want to stink face from the horse. And lastly, this one before we get to Mr. X. Once upon a time, Solly had the best line ever on the show in which we were talking about some story involving a dead body. What would you do with a dead body? How would you dispose of it? And... I think Sally's answer was just drag it into your neighbor's yard and then next time you see your neighbor around the house, just yell out, hey, Phil, check your yard. <laughs> and then once he finds the dead body on your his property, that's it. He's responsible for it. Well, isn't it funny how real life sometimes imitates things we've talked about? Police believe deceased found at Janoris Jenkins' house was strangled or suffocated. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. It's bad for Giants cornerback Janoris Jenkins, who has had maturity issues in his NFL career to this point. According to sources, Jenkins was not in the house and hasn't been in the house, the property where the dead body was found. For several days, he's been in Florida. But we don't know how long the body has been there, and we don't know who else might have had access to his house. Either way, I can say pretty confidently, not good. Not good. Hey, Janoris, check your yard. Oh, and while we're on dead bodies, and this is crazy, but here it is. A dead body has been found in the freezer at SunTrust Park in Atlanta. No further word just yet as to what that's all about, how that happened, or anything else, but dead bodies showing up all over the place. All right, time to talk to our friend, our gambling D-Gentleman. You know him and love him as Mr. X. Hey, Zeb. There he is, the lovable <laughs> Mr. X. Gambling degenerate by day and a father of the year candidate by night. Get all the kitties tucked into bed there. <laughs> Are you kidding? They tuck me into bed now. <laughs> Several cocktails in and it's night-night time for old Mr. X. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Not too much. Not too much. How about yourself? Doing good. So I figured we'd check in uh, yep. with our halftime, halftime assessment. Almost halftime. On on our season-long plays, and by our plays, I mean your plays, because it's your ass on the line, Mr. X. How are we looking on your plays so far? I'm okay. I'm okay. I uh, like to be a little better, but I, none of them look bad. They uh, look like they're either going to be close or they're going to win, so I'll take that. You want them individually or you just want an overball? Now, let's start with the, let's start with the first, uh, the premier okay. play uh, that you released prior to the season was... Uh, wasn't it the Giants? 
Then don't ask me. Well, I know the you're supposed to the know. I can't remember the order. Sorry, <laughs> Wayne. I think it was San Fran under like 83, 83 and a half. And All right, the, San Fran the, under 83 and a half. Currently, they're 40 and 39. Yeah, they're playing right at it. The key to that is I, I expected them to fall out early and. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I expected them to fall out of it early and be a seller because they're such an old team. But they're so hanging the problem, in there. Well, the problem isn't that they're doing better than they should. The problem is the Dodgers didn't run away from the pack like I expected and like everybody thought. Yep. If the Dodgers were being the Dodgers, you know, the San Fran is, is not in the hunt. So they're not overperforming. They're a 500 club, and I figured they, they would do their best to get to 500, and once they sell, you know, look out down in the 70s. So I think it's still going to happen. I'd like uh, I'd like a little more cushion, but I think it still goes under. All I right. played again today. All right, I like that. I like that. All right, what else did you release? Prior the second to the one was the Rockies under, and that was around eighty-one or two. Sorry, I don't have that with me. Uh, Rockies, I still like that. Rockies are thirty-eight and forty right now, two games yeah. under five hundred, and they get beat up every second half of the year. If you told me they were five hundred at the break, I would I would press it up in a heartbeat because their staff gets so worn down with that, you know, the p- pitching in Coors Field or whatever it's called now. And so they, you know, they, they always, every first half people go, hey, they're not bad. And every second half the pitchers just, yeah. they can't get it done. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking that one still. All right. What else did we release? Uh, the third the third of the three that top we did is, is uh, um, was Texas under. That that's that should be done soon. They they stink. I said they were going to stink. They were going to be they were, they were. I think their number was seventy eight or seventy nine, and I said they might be the worst. They're the worst team in American League that's not in the Central. <laughs> Texas is currently thirty five and forty five. So the under yeah. looks really good there because if they play to form, they'll finish with about seventy one wins. Yep, yep. So I like that one. I uh, also took the took the Sox over and Red Sox over ninety or ninety one and. That obviously looks good. So yeah, I think Sox those are the only at, ones we did. Sox are at fifty three and twenty seven, playing six sixty three yeah. ball, which is second yep. in the major leagues, only behind the New York Yankees. Yeah. Are you surprised at the Yankees being the best team in baseball at fifty two and twenty five? Not really. I mean, those. I mean, Houston's a better all around team, but you know, the Yankees in Boston. I, I told you, they're going to somebody's going to win one hundred and seven and be a wild card. <laughs> That could be crazy, right? Which is exactly why baseball went to this format that everyone criticizes. And I actually love because for about 10 years there, the Sox and Yankees were like, okay, uh, one of us gets the division, one's the wild card, whatever. You get Detroit, I'll take the Angels. It didn't make any difference all season long. The difference between being the one or the four was the same thing. When they put in the new format, where everyone bitches about being that crappy one-game wild card, the point is win the damn division. So nobody – can you imagine a 107-win team, you know, trying to play a one-game playoff? I mean, that's yeah. crazy. But, I, hey, I, win the division. I agree 100%. When I first heard this new format for the double wild card, I said, what? That's yeah. fucking crazy. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's genius. Because it, makes it the says count. exactly right. So, and it, it puts the wild, Mister X, into That's wild right. cards. Yeah. So that I mean, said, even when you win that wild card game, you're in bad. I mean, imagine like say Boston that wins 105, 106 games. Then they got to go through a Chris Sale and a one game playoff. Now they're not. You know, when you don't have your uh, ace lined up in a best of five, you're in trouble. Right, you're in trouble. Uh, do you know who bragged about taking the Astros under 98 wins? Who's that? Mike Francesa. And as <laughs> soon as he bragged about how smart he was, the Astros went on a run of winning like 11 in a row. <laughs> it was yep. classic. Yep. No, they're, the, they're the best all-around team when it's all said and done. So, But it's still a pretty big number. We'll see. All right. That said, let's talk about our Nationals. And let's talk about Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is going okay. to command a lot of money from somebody in the offseason. How much money? I've heard wild estimates that range by at least $100 million in total from one end to the other. A, what do you think he'll get? B, where do you think he'll go? And C, would you pony up the money if you were the learners to keep him? 
Okay. The first thing. It's an ABC are right there, Mr. X. Okay. First thing is, in the 40 years ago, Ken Beatrice used to always say this. <laughs> I can write that number down, but it means nothing to me. I mean, 300 million, 400 million, 450. We sit there and toss those numbers around like we know what the hell they mean. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the right number is. Who does? Uh, these guys, they, I don't know if they really figured out. They guess it. How much is he going to generate? How many are we going to project TV for 10 years? I don't know. The Nationals have that horrible television deal because of the Orioles rights and all that. They don't make the money that the other teams make. I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's really hard to justify that. But I don't know who who knows what the math is on that on, on their checkbooks. But so just comparatively speaking, you know, the, the thing that's crazy about this is I learned many years ago from Bill James. The best years of every baseball player's career are 27, age 27 to 31. doesn't matter if you're in the minors, the majors or what. That's your peak of the bell curve. You get better, you peak, you get, you decline. Well, except for Barry Bonds. Everybody else, 27 to 31. I can only remember one time in my life, well, which is all of free agency, where a guy is going to hit the market as the biggest name you've seen, already having an MVP under his belt, and he's three years from even getting to his first of his five best seasons. So the only other one was A-Rod. And, of course, he bankrupted the entire franchise because of that. So usually you're signing a six- or eight- or ten-year deal to a guy you know is going to have another two or three strong years, and then the question is how much will he decline? Harper, we his best years are still three years down the road, three to eight. So it's mind-boggling, even though he's playing like he is now. It's still mind-boggling to think about locking him down and we haven't seen what we're paying for yet, if that makes sense. Usually you already know what you're getting and you hope it continues. Unless the general shape of Harper's career is distorted because he was such an early rising phenom. Now, that's Bill James's point, that it doesn't matter if you're a major league or a minor league. If you oh, come matter? up as a rookie, if you come up as a rookie at age 28, you're already in your prime. It's just that's the best you're going to get. So okay. everybody has the same bell. So the guys a... who come up early don't. You know, they're okay. not getting worn out sooner. So that's his theory. So you always see this stuff about, hey, he's only a rookie. Well, yeah, he's 27. Or, okay. you know, he's 22. So that really does matter. Okay, so do you do you worry about how much does Harper love baseball, that if he gets a huge contract, he's going to still grind to be the best player he can be? I mean, that seemingly would not be a concern for me. He seems like yeah. a total baseball head. You know, you can all I, – I would – if you there's always a risk. If there's anybody who looks like, as you call it, total baseball head, it does look like this guy. Now, you know, you worry a little bit more about grind and motivation if you're playing football or basketball. Baseball, I mean, yeah, you got to it's, – it's not like you're going to get – turn into Pablo Sandoval overnight <laughs> or something. All right, so let's I, say – all right, you talked about – I could write the number, but what does it mean? And by the way, for those uh, listening to the Zabecast here <laughs> that are not from D.C., Ken Beatrice, the – godfather of local sports talk radio before it was even a thing and he had all these expressions and ways of talking that i grew up on mr x grew up on so there you go so let's say harper signs let's say 10 for 300 gets it done tomorrow let's do this thing you're telling me that's a heavy pen to lift if you're the learners no i don't think he's got a prayer of staying in washington I was just saying that whoever does pony up, oh, it's rare that they're ponying okay. up for a player when they haven't seen his good years yet. I've never now, seen that other than a Ron. All right, now if he's he not was staying be in Washington. Yeah, he'd yeah. be signed, plain and simple. Okay. And gosh, I hope I'm wrong because I'd love for him to stay here. Okay, but if you want him, why is he not signed? Well, I, you know, they tried, or I don't know if they tried. There was talk about it. A year or two ago, and and being a Boris guy, he's like, we're taking this right to the wall. Yeah. We're going well, all the way to the moon on this one. So no, we're not signing early. Boris sees endless upward yep. trajectories of salaries, and I'm not sure that's the case. I think this Stanton deal has put a real stink on these massive deals for hitters. Maybe well, I'm wrong. that that's very fair. The only thing I say is. When you're going to outbid everyone, 
you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Once you open it up to 31, I just never remember a big name really coming back to his team. If you take it to the free agent you're market, right. you're, you're right. gone. I, you are right. gone. He's now, look, gone. isn't Strasburg a Boros guy? Yes, he took less, which was very and rare. But I you're mean, he take must him, have, you take him. He, you know, he must have absolutely made Boris cry when he said, listen, you're going to do this deal for me, and you're going to shut the fuck up. But it's my <laughs> reputation. You're ruining my reputation. Yeah. Hey, hey, either you get a cut of this deal or just say goodbye, and I'll go do the deal myself with no agent. You're this right. When he signed market. that deal, all I could think of was, his arm is worse than we thought. He must be. He must be hurt. Well, is he on the DL? Is he on the DL yeah. right now or not, Mister X? I don't. He always is. Exactly. Always is. Okay. Uh, would you? What about Machado? Okay. Like, here, here is the real wild card. What if the Nats let Harper go? Because with Soto's rise, with Robles on the come as well, they don't need any more outfielders. You go spend that money on Machado, an infielder. And boom, Jerry, you got a super team. I'm talking like Costanza now. Yeah, you know, it looks really nice and easy on paper, but I would say, you know, it's kind of interesting. Now, Machado and Harp, Machado came up the same year at the same age, entering free agent at the same time, has almost the same numbers, not quite, and he plays shortstop, which, you know, is so much more valuable than outfield. It is really, really tempting. If you're sitting there piecing together your fantasy team and locking down a guy for 10 years, you have a huge advantage when you have Machado at short. There's no question that's really, really tempting. You know, there's just something at the end of the day to saying it's nice to have the best guy in the game, and you would hope over the next six or eight years, and he's pretty much, it's you know, him and Trout are going to be there. I don't know. I'd love to see him get him. But if you want to start piecing it together, Machado makes a lot more baseball sense. But I love the fact that we don't, quote, need Harper because we've had Soto for a month and Robles looks good in the minors. <laughs> I know. Wait a minute. Wait well, a minute. It, it, you know what? This is what we're doing here in D.C. And by we, I mean not everybody, but the collective we is like, of course we're going to win this sad sack division. What are you worried about? Oh, shit, we're in third place. It's getting to be the all-star game panic oh sure we don't need harper we got all these other guys it's sort of an arrogance that see as a baseball town mr oh, yeah. x we have not been through enough of this to really have our our role slowed by baseball reality that's my theory at least i'll buy that i mean don't let the fact that uh we just got shut out in back-to-back games in tampa seven oh, shutouts yeah. in june alone it's the terrible. hell that's I think the... I've been at five of them. Oh, I can't see them <laughs> score a run. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Now, they, it's a little early to start proclaiming so, uh, Soto and Robles know, and say you don't need them. But, by the, but, I mean, you know, you add those guys in, and it's certainly a better team on paper with Machado. But, you know, let's, let's, you know this town, it, it's so much nicer when you have a hero or a stud. It's nicer to have Ovechkin. It's nice to have Harper. Just kind of makes life a little easier, that's for sure. Oh yeah, no, I'll I'll hate it if and when Harper leaves. The nightmare would be Harper leaves and goes to the Cubs or whatever or the Dodgers, and then Machado goes to the Phillies, fresh off winning the division. <laughs> that... well, I heard the real problem they What's had that? is when they turned they turned the Harper Boros negotiations over to George Allen. Oh. <laughs> All right, with that, we'll segue. All-Star Game is coming up. Mr. X, you have been a season ticket holder for the Nationals since the moment they were born here of the Expo's dust and ashes in 2005. Correct. Tell us, tell us what it's been like to get All-Star Game tickets. I have seen the face value of these tickets, and wow, talk about gouging six, $700 for the worst tickets in the building? Face? Oh, no. No, 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 no. They're not. They're not six, seven. The, the, the what are premium, they? The, the premium behind home plate with food and drinks is, I think, four seventy five. Oh, okay. For the All Star game. Yeah, oh yeah. I, believe me, they're in my drawer. Okay. Um, the problem is, and I understand it. They, they, they put to, you have to buy the package. Now your package includes the All Star game, the home run derby. The celebrity softball garbage, the futures <laughs> game. Hold on, uh, four tickets to the fan fest, programs, 
a mood ring. I don't know. A whole sort of thing. So, so when you see that people are charging double and triple for the All-Star Game tickets, they're trying to get their money back for all the other crap they had to buy with it. Okay, I must have read something wrong. I'm looking at StubHub right now, and standing room only is 288 and change. Well, you said face value. I'm sorry. I told you what the face value is. Now, that's no, not well, what the secondary market's going for, sure. Well, the secondary market's even cheaper right now. Than what I saw was face, but I saw I saw a bad tweet. Unless unless yeah. that is for the entire package of stuff. Well, you know, it, it probably is. Let's um, that entire package is probably in the seven. My my um, premium food and drink seats was a little, oh, close to twelve hundred for the package. Okay, but four fifty. That gives me my point. though. four fifty for the game, twelve hundred for the whole stinking package. All right, are you uh, are you excited for the All Star Game? Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, you know what? I want to see Home Run Derby. Nats Park is tailor-made for Home Run Derby. Well, And yeah. I know that's goofy, but my kids and I have been watching Home Run Derby for decades. We love it, and we've been waiting to go see this because usually they're just rattling it off the side of some building, you know, that's in the way. And you hit the bottom of the building, see? and it's 430. You hit the top, it's 430. And Nats Park is so wide open, there's nothing to keep those bombs from just really letting them fly and seeing how far they really go. True, although I kind of like it when there's things that the guys can pepper it off of, whether it's the train tracks in Houston or the fish statue in Miami or over the Green Monster at Fenway. So I kind of like that. So oh, no, that's, it's great to have a target. I just don't want to have everything banging off a wall and being credited as the same distance. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, and and you love as a baseball fan, you love seeing all the different players on one field together. The romanticists' essence of the All Star Game, right? And it's going down every year, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going down whole, every year. Whole, what do they have now? Fifty three man rosters or something? It's just a joke. Well, you yeah, know, because they can't crazy. run out of pitchers, you, you, and they got to get everybody yeah. in there. Like a, they have treated yeah. like a little league game, Mister X. Well, oh, you get your two innings, you get your two yeah. innings. No, it's it's that that to me has taken so much out of it. I mean, we'd all rather see Trout and Harper or whoever playing six or seven innings. I don't want to see them everybody rattling through one at bat, one at bat, one at bat. I don't know. It's it's getting closer to the Special Olympics. I don't know. It's just it's, it's, it's a little it, I, to yeah. me that takes a lot out of it. Okay. No but, more call Yastrzemski playing twelve innings and going four for six. That'll never yeah. happen again. How many All Star games have you ever been to in your life? This will be my first. It'll be your first. Okay. This will be my first. It's the last. I think it's my last sports thing on the bucket list. What? Done the, yeah, I've done the World the Series. The Mr. Bowls, X. NBA. You need a bigger Champions. bucket. You need a bigger bucket, man. I, well, for sports bucket list. I mean, I've, I've seen all the, all the championships, but I haven't seen the MLB All-Star team. Uh, you've been to old Yankee Stadium? I, you couldn't pay me to go to that. No, never mind. <laughs> you can say it you as know, a podcast. There's nothing I like about pinstripes. Have you been to the new Yankee Stadium? No. You've no. been to Fenway, obviously. A you've been to, times, you've yeah. been to Wrigley, obviously. Yep, yep. Okay, you're going to see the All-Star game. Have you seen – did you see the Home Run Derby when it was in Baltimore last I time? I did. Okay. I did. Yep, yeah. I, I was at that with my sister. Uh, what? So your sports you bucket list – Do you remember Pat Ewing trying to hit a baseball? In Baltimore? He was in the celebrity home run contest. Oh my god, I don't remember that, but wow! It was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was something. He couldn't, he couldn't hit the ball to the pitcher. Well, that's yeah. that's a harder act. Th- well, that's a harder act than just that was throwing one of the it. Worst harder act than out. just throwing it to the plate. Are you are yeah. you as amazed as I am that so many NBA athletes oh and god. some NFL athletes can't throw a friggin' pitch? Anywhere what remotely? are these guys going to do when they have kids and they go out in the front yard and they can't throw the ball? They're going to tackle Ridiculous. their. They're going to tackle their kids and say, "That's what Daddy knows how to do. He was a linebacker. Let's go have a tackle, son. I don't want to have go. a tackle, Dad. I want to have a catch like Bobby does down the street. Yeah, Sorry, Daddy right. doesn't know how to throw. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what's the? You know what is the worst thing that's happened? Uh, speaking about having a catch, I'm in the pool with my uh, nephew. And he's trying to one hand catch every pool football throw that oh, I yes. make to him 
because of Odell Beckham Jr. Yep. And he is catching about 3% of the passes, so it interrupts the flow of a nice catch back and forth. Oh, it dropped my fingers. Let me go get it. No, it did <laughs> knocked it away. It's the worst. Yep. So, so, so your bucket list in sports after this All-Star game is tipped over and empty. I'm not thinking of anything that I want. I, need. I mean, I'd like to see certain victories and stuff, but I mean, as far as getting to the actual events, I've, I've, I think I've done all the championships. And the, you didn't? Did you go to any of the Capital Stanley Cup Finals games? I went to one. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. I was yeah. lucky enough to see the cup raised by my own team, which is about as rare as you can get for a a bucket list item to see your team actually win a championship in person. That's hard, Mr. X. Yeah. Oh, uh, so the, uh, so the, uh, the skins win the Super Bowl in person. That was pretty sweet. Well, football, I guess, let me amend that yeah. in a, in a best of seven sport. It's yeah. hard to see your team win because you don't, you don't know when it's going to happen necessarily. Super Bowl, you're like, okay, we're in it. Right. Let's go buy a ticket because hell, we just have to win one game. Yep. By the way, do you love how uh, do you love how there's some Redskin fans getting all their panties in a wad because a the odds makers don't have the Redskins listed with enough wins on their over under, and don't you love how some people are getting their panties in a wad that Alex Smith did not make the NFL's top 100 list. NFL Network. It's so funny. It's so funny how defensive some Redskin fans are being about this team. Well, that just, I'm sorry, that just tells you what a homer you are. Okay, you're right. Vegas doesn't know what they're doing. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> that sounds like Sheehan. I mean, he's been going crazy about this is one of the, what is it? He says, this is the best talented team they've ever had. I'm like, they're over under six. What? The best talented team they've had under Gruden? I don't know. There was or one ever. morning they were they were he, they were talking about on paper it's loaded with talent, but they probably won't perform well. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, they're, they're <laughs> loaded with talent. You know, Cooley serves up the Kool Aid and then she oh, yeah. guzzles it down. But it's Cooley that's the one that's actually cooking it up. Like for example, they said the other day, are the Redskins now so deep at running back? that they can afford to trade somebody for additional assets. And I just thought to myself, I could have sworn we finished nearly dead last in yards per attempt. Oh, there it is, 30th out of 32 teams. And and you're now saying we're so deep at RB1? Let's take a look at this. You got a third down back only who's coming off a catastrophic knee injury in Chris Thompson, and I love him, but that's what he is. You've got a guy in Fat Rob who was an undrafted guy out of Tulane that nobody in the league likes except for Jay, who's not an RB1 in anyone's universe. You've got a guy in Samaj P. Ryan who is also, as a fifth-round pick out of a Big 12 system, not an RB1. That's been demonstrably proved this past year, plus he fumbles. And Darius Geis is enticing, but guess what? He's a wild card. We don't know. Where are they getting the notion we're so deep at running back? And who would trade for any of our guys? Nobody. I, I don't know. That makes no sense. But I'll say one thing on that, and I give credit. One of my kids is the one who's patented this. It's time to stop talking about positions. Football is about playmakers. The positions are all gray. And Gronk is not a tight end. You know, Good Deion point. Lewis is not a running back. They just if you make plays all over the field, they throw the ball to everybody on the field. They they still use the old titles, but they're set up and create you know, they just line up and play. It's like front yard football. Can you make a play or can't you? Nobody says you have to play X number of running backs or tight ends. Just if you gotta play if you got play, if you can make plays, you can make plays. And and the positions aren't really important anymore. The Redskins played the whole year without a running back. Yeah, you know, good point. I, I mean, if you if you're going to throw the ball, you know, seventy times, and you're swinging it to the back, it doesn't matter who, you know, what position he is. It's just can he can he make a play? That's good. Uh, and and what is uh, what is Mister X's son's name? Why? Little X, smart man, that guy. All right, Mister X, good to talk to you as always, brother. And we will check in as the football season gets closer. Shall we put out some official football over-unders, or is that not your thing? Oh, we could probably do that. 
doesn't have the devastating track record of your baseball totals, but we'll start a new tradition, football totals. All right? Sounds good. Hi, Mr. X. Thanks, bud. Bye, guys. All right, we'll end on this one today. I love it when weather people get creative, especially when it comes to hail sizes. What are the typical hail sizes in weather terms, meteorology terms? I would say that uh, golf ball-sized hail is one. If it's really bad, baseball-sized hail, grape-sized hail, uh, penny-sized hail, although pennies are flat. Uh, I guess if you get BB-sized hail, nobody really cares about it. Well, here's a new one. Uh, There was hail the size of meth rocks falling for a few minutes in Lenexa, Kansas. Ah, yes, the meth rock-sized hail. We'll see if that one actually catches on when it comes to weathermen. That'll do it for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends, and please spread the word about this podcast. I do appreciate it. Leave a positive review and rating and download and subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. Always remember, if it is hailing meth-sized rocks, you can't actually smoke them. I mean, you can try, but you're not going to get high. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. over beach bodies and getting bikini ready you should be empowered to wear anything you want except a bad sports bra you deserve better you deserve a bra with fit and support like no other it's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs fully adjustable to fit your body with 50 percent less bounce than the nike pro it's time to feel real support from she fit save ten dollars today at shefit.com 2022